Hello and welcome to Lawrence Forking, Kansas, the podcast about the people and the stories behind the local food you love. I'm Jake. And I'm Kristen, and today we're interviewing owners Holly and David Heitman of Pedestrian. Today we're talking with the owners of Pedestrian, Holly and David Heitman. Holly and David, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So in case anyone hasn't made it over there yet, uh, you know, Pedestrian, it's a cheese shop uh, and deli. Um, and, you know, they do, a, they have a really great selection of you know, all of these different, uh, you know, cheeses, whether they're local or from afar. Um, you guys got a lot of curated, you know, charcuterie boards and I mean, everything you're making there, we, we've been able to try it a few times. And, and I mean, everything you're doing, you're pulling in all these local ingredients from all these, you know, different farmers. And, and you take those ingredients and you, and you really make them, you know, into really great sandwiches. And I think one thing that really sets you apart, too, is that, you know, you you have a lot of uh, vegetarian options and vegan options, too, that, you know, that I've seen with all your sandwiches that, you know, really go, you know, veggie heavy. Um, so I think that's that's really cool and not something you see all around town. And I think... I think you, you know, and I've seen too that you can, you know, modify a lot of your, you know, a lot of your sandwiches, you're offering them to be able to, you know, be made um, into vegetarian options, even if they're not uh, originally. Just really thoughtful, um, you know, presentation of food and all that. So, yeah, we're just really excited to talk to you. I know you've, uh, you, you've, you've opened up here in the, in, in, during COVID and all that. So, um, you guys have definitely faced your challenges, but, uh, but uh, yeah, so we're excited to hear your story about how you kind of came to be. So Holly and David, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Are you guys from Lawrence? Uh, I'm from Kansas. Um, my family used to move every four or five years. And so I ended up going to high school in eastern Kansas. So being an eastern Kansas kid, of course, in middle school, high school, I always was coming to Lawrence for mm-hmm. music. Um, so... So uh, I'm, I'm definitely from the region. And, and my sisters also live in um, Overland Park and Topeka. So. Nice. Yeah, so you've been in, in the area. How about you, Holly? Mm-hmm. Um, my family was coastal, so California and then Florida. So I mostly grew up in Florida. I ended up in Colorado after college, which is where I met David. We met in Fort Collins, and then we got married. And within like a year of being married there, we were looking to move somewhere else. <laughs> and David, we were coming to, to, to Topeka for the holidays in Kansas in general. His parents also lived mm-hmm. um, in Western Kansas. Mm-hmm. And we came to Lawrence for lunch one day and I like instantly fell in love. So um, ever since then, we have loved Lawrence, and we moved pretty much as fast as we could after I mean, that. I've always loved Lawrence. Well, it was the first time I saw Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how did you guys? Were you both so independently of meeting each other? Were, were you both kind of already in the food industry and food service industry, or or is this something new when you came to Lawrence? I've been in restaurants for fifteen years, so I've always it's basically the only thing I've ever done um, is work in restaurants. Mm-hmm. And we met in a restaurant in Fort Collins. Right. Um, David was a bar back and I was a server there. And then when we moved to Lawrence, we both worked for Free State. Mm-hmm. It's our first jobs here. Mm-hmm. And cool. I was a server there and he did brewery um, on the production side. Mm-hmm. So 
I've been in restaurants for a really long time, and David's been in them off and on for the last oh, decade. Yeah, but he's always been more on the like technical side. He's done mechanical things and brewery production. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've done uh, hotel engineering, which is just maintenance. So okay, just you know, fixing this and that and everything. He's really good at building things. Uh, yeah. Fixing oh. our oven like you did last week. Yeah. <laughs> things like that. So that's a pretty yeah. handy skill to have because I know that's the, those are the things that can make or break you when you're running your own business, oh. I'm sure. It's keeping him very busy. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. But yeah, it, it saves a boatload of money uh, yeah. when I you bet. don't have to have technicians do everything for you. Right. So it's been, it's been very valuable so far. So how did you guys decide you wanted to open a cheese shop? Well, I've always wanted a restaurant. Ever since we met eight years ago, we've been talking about someday right. we would do a restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, and a cheese shop specifically, I think, is what we decided on when we moved to Lawrence just because didn't we missed one. them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't because have one. Because everywhere else we visit or live has cheese shops. Um, mm. And it's one of our favorite ways to eat is kind of like, snack charcuterie style mm -hmm. yeah it's what we do mostly at home and it's our favorite way to eat out especially in a large group because there's kind of something for everybody that way right and we thought that would be a really kind of fun aspect and also communal aspect to bring it to downtown lawrence yeah well pedestrian is kind of a um like a good uh conglomeration of a bunch of our favorite um restaurants that we've been to all around um so uh, the sandwiches and things are inspired from a, a couple places that hall used to eat in college um especially for like the loaded veggie that's true um and the reuben is is something that we've just tried all over the place because everybody loves to all, all restaurants love to try to make a good Reuben, mm -hmm. so we'll like, oh, we'll throw down on the Reuben competition. <laughs> um, and then, and just just a whole bunch of aspects about the restaurant, just because it's been, food is our passion, and so we're always watching and and sort of, I guess, learning from other restaurants, and so and this, is, this is kind of our take <laughs> of a bunch of different places that we love. So how long did it take to, you know, I, you know, I imagine, you know, it's one thing to, you know, say, oh, I want to do this at some point, you know, I want to create a restaurant, but then like, how do you, how did you actually, how long did that take to actually form, you know, get the, get it up and running and, and like from idea, I guess, to actually happening, I guess, how long did that take? So we've been talking about the timeline for the restaurant about two years ago, but it's been about a year that we started writing a business plan and looking at spaces. And then it took about a year of looking at various spaces and then things like that, we adapting our plan before we found this space. We found this space last November. And then we got the space in February. Right. Um, and then And then the pandemic hit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, where did the, the name pedestrian come from? David came up with the name. Mm. I was out with Bike and Beer Wednesday with that fun, crazy mm -hmm. crew. And uh, they, um, my friend Michelle was was on that ride. She's usually there. 
And she was talking about her father, who's just this like proper Dutch gentleman, just like an, he's an older man and he's just like, you know, just like well-dressed and just proper. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, well, you know, what, what's all this LFK I see everywhere? Cause he's seeing all the bumper stickers and, and she's like, well, dad, uh, <laughs> it's Lawrence Kansas. <laughs> and, uh, and his response was just a pause. And then to say, how pedestrian. <laughs> <laughs> and that was all he had to say about it <laughs> and, and i just thought wow nobody says that that's incredible i love that um and then it just it just tied into the theme of what we wanted to do uh just you know cheeses certainly a lot of the original cheeses were created because you had extra milk that otherwise would be trash right. um you know, um, when it comes to charcuterie, all the meats and things, you cured them because you had a lot. It was and, all necessity. And it, yeah, so it was necessity. So it was very much, uh, you know, at least starting sort of peasant food, right? It was the things that, that, uh, were common. That were, yeah, very common. And so to call it pedestrian is just, it's only fitting. And especially know? the duality of the word because, right. Because, I mean, so if you use pedestrian as commoner, it means like commoner, but it's also a fancy word. Like nobody says things are pedestrian in that way. That's and true. so that duality kind of leaks over to the food where things like cheese and charcuterie are, were, are foods that originated for the everyday person. But now it's elevated because the one thing we really don't have is time, which all those mm -hmm. items take time to make. And so it it has the same duality as that. And then right. we also only live like a mile away. So we walk and bike and we wanted to be somewhere that was walk and bike friendly. So we like that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, so all of it kind of tied in together to be the right name. Yeah, it just that's worked out too too well for us. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, that's, that's really that's really cool. I really like the I like that connection there about, yeah. Because yeah, that, I mean, that's, it was a, that's a good description of what you guys are offering. I mean, it is kind of like a, you know, it's an elevated down to earth kind of meals, you know, it's mm -hmm. all, you know, very, yeah. very like, you know, very obviously, you know, s s the ingredients are simple, but together they're, they're yeah, make something special. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, at least for me, it's kind of, it's kind of like a, like a reminder of, of, you know, don't, don't take it too seriously. I mean, obviously a lot of, especially a lot of the cheeses we have from France and Spain, it's like, <laughs> It's pretty fancy, mm -hmm. you know, and um, but you know we're in the Midwest, and like don't take yourself don't take yourself too seriously, and, and so be accessible and be accessible. That's that's one of the, yeah, that's a huge thing for us too. Is we want to, our establishment to be accessible to anybody. Right. We don't want to have too many words that people don't commonly use mm -hmm. on our menu, you know, and we want to have our staff um, trained so that they can sell even some fancy items to just just everyday people so that they can enjoy the um, finer things <laughs> well so that they can just enjoy something really nice you know that's what we want to bring it's good food we just we just want to bring it's just good food good food fresh food and well and obviously and fermented food um but and thoughtfully sourced food. and thoughtfully sourced food 
So, um, you know, so we kind of talked about it. I mean, you guys said, and obviously you started opening, you opened, uh, I think in May, in late May. And so that means you were opening right in the middle of, you know, COVID and all that. So, so kind of what's, you know, what's that done for you? I mean, how, how is that really, how'd that really change your plans for opening, you know, and how have you adapted? Cause I've seen you guys do a lot of stuff and I mean, it's really, I've really been impressed by how you've, you know, overcome the, you know, it looks like you've overcome a lot of the challenges. So, well, the main thing is that our original, in February, <laughs> our original business plan was um, a cheese shop with small plates. Mm-hmm. Was kind of the accompaniment of it, mm-hmm. um, and so it was going to be no permanent menu, just constantly changing small plates, bringing in the best things that I could source, um, right. and it being a little bit fancier, if that makes sense, just more sit down oriented mm-hmm. um, and kind of small plate oriented. Mm-hmm. So when March happened, we realized that in house dining was not going to be what it had been. Right. And we didn't know when it was going to be like that again. So we needed to be able to focus on getting food out the door right. instead of having people inside. So the way that we adapted that was to kind of turn more towards a sandwich shop model mm-hmm. with a cheese shop, which we've gone to cheese shops that also do sandwiches. True. Um, so it's definitely something that we've seen successfully work. Right. Um, and I mean, yeah, we, the I other, mean, we just had to rework yeah. the business plan to a, yeah. to a fairly large degree. Um, yeah. We had also discussed just as a business plan, you know, over the last couple of years, some sort of bodega, small grocery yeah. scenario, just, like um, just because we like it. And we also thought, well, you know, we need one of those downtown. Right. Um, and and so it just it, it all came together. I mean, we were allowed to sell, you know, for instance, bottles of wine. Yeah. Now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we're like, oh, that's perfect. Like we'll try to do some, you know, basic kind of like a one-stop picnic shop. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it all, I mean, it was it was a lot more to take on right out the doors than mm-hmm. we wanted to because we wanted to do a few things really well um, instead of just a lot of things. So so the bodega has been. Um, a lot of time and effort, but I think it's been really worth it um, because yeah. um, it it does it does pull people into the building. You know, um, it it gets them to to look through those items, and then we can say, "Oh, we have these sandwiches," and right. and they're like house made corned beef, you say, and we're like, hmm. <laughs> so so yeah, that's probably been the biggest change. Yeah, well. Yeah, that's uh, it's really cool. Yeah, I really like that the the bodega like pan, you know kind of pantry staples that you have and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that you offer. I think that's a that's a good i you know good idea because you can get a lot of the you know you guys source a lot of uh, you know good products there too that you know you can't necessarily get in a grocery store mm-hmm. or something like that. So I, I think that's I, I do think that's a pretty cool um, you know that's a yeah that's a good pivot there to kind of bring that in more. Thank but, you. And yeah, I guess it is nice yeah, too for you. the you know cheese aspect. I mean, at least people are always going to, that's always kind of a counter service type of thing anyway. So that, mm-hmm. that, that I guess right. that helped, right? I think I saw you guys are, are you starting to build up the, are you making use of that, uh, the street space too, or? or we a are. A little bit, yeah. So we're not building it up mm-hmm. hugely, um, but since we are 
social distance inside, it mm -hmm. led to an excess of tables and chairs. Mm -hmm. So David just built a fence around the patio space out there. Mm -hmm. And we're just taking our extra tables and chairs from inside and putting them outside. Nice. And so yeah, we have a we have some space out there. Yeah, you yep. guys do have it. I mean, the space inside is is pretty spacious, so that's mm -hmm. that's nice. You guys yeah, know. we're. I mean, we opened up during a pandemic, so yep. we we had to. I think it slowed us down for our opening date, mm -hmm. but we've also haven't had to make huge changes in how we train our staff or anything, because that's all that we've known. That's all that they've known. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of strict safety protocols. We've always had our tables far apart from each other. We've always worn masks. We've always used two sanitizers every time a customer touches something. Mm -hmm. um, it's just what we know. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about cheese a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you guys decide which cheeses to offer? Is it based on like what's available or what you guys personally like or what you think is more seasonal or how do you decide what to bring in? Um, definitely all of them. I do the cheese ordering. Mm -hmm. And so it started with me reaching out to creameries and cheesemakers that I like, that I like what they're doing. Um, so like Green Dirt Farm, of mm -hmm. course, in Weston, Missouri. Oh, yeah. um, and then through some research around there, there's also like Edgewood Creamery. And there's a lot of dairies actually in Missouri in the general area. And some of them I can source if they're within like four hours directly through them. Um, and that's where it started. And then I was reaching out further. And so like I started talking to the Sweetgrass Dairy, which is in Thomasville, Georgia. And there are another creamery that is, I think they're animal welfare certified, but at least their, their tagline is that they're barn free um, cows. And so they're all pastured and barn free and doing some really great stuff in animal husbandry there. And so I wanted to get some of their cheese, but it, since they're so far away and it's hot, they can't ship to us. Mm. So they got us hooked up with um, a cheese distributor right. that I'm working with that's actually out of California. <laughs> and so that's how it's kind of all tied together. And then right. Meat LLC, who we get our meat through, he also, yep. um, Mike has a cheese section of his wholesale account as well right. that right. I also access. I can get a lot of um, good European cheeses through him. And so that's kind of, it, it goes through multiple channels that way, but I like to highlight the farms that I think are really doing great things for animals and for our agriculture and for the earth when it comes to something like cheese making, which could go the other way easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then also speaking to the history of cheese and cheeses that have great stories, cheeses that have been around for hundreds, thousands of years. Yeah. Um, I love the history of food. And so being able to bring some of those cheeses in as well. And then there's also something that just the cheeses that people are always want to have, having mm -hmm. those available as well. So I try and balance all of them. Um, fresh cheeses are the hardest to get right now because mm. distribution chains, if anybody's ordered, you know, anything off Amazon and it took them six weeks instead of 
seven days. Right. They know that distribution chains are a little messed up right now. Yep. Yeah. And that's true for cheese as well. Wow. So how did you learn so much about cheese? Like, were you just always interested in it? Or are you just like researching on your own? Is there some kind of like cheese newsletter that you get? Like, how do you, how did you learn so much? <laughs> oh. That's a good idea. I like that. Uh, <laughs> I think that we could write the cheese newsletter. Yeah. Yeah, honey. Oh. <laughs> um, I really, really love food. I've been in food for a long time. It's basically all that I do. Right. So um, I have a lot of books on yeah. food. I have a lot of books on cheeses. On cheese specifically, yeah. Um, she even has a book that's specifically on making vegan cheeses. Wow. Um, and then I have the other side of like this dude who has a farm in the middle of nowhere, Canada, and makes only fresh, raw goat's milk cheese. I have his book too. Yeah. I like, I like yep. people that have a strong passion for things. Yeah. And so when you get into like niche specialty food items, you can get some zany people that write like manifestos on food. And that's my kind of person. <laughs> that's <laughs> so. Yeah. I feel like cheese is one of those industries where definitely you can get, you can find, find a good amount of them too. But oh yeah. Yeah. How, uh, yeah, it fascinates me because I always kind of imagine that cheese, like to find cheese, like cheeses and source them and everything. I always kind of envisioned it being similar to like wine in the way that like, man, there's just mm -hmm. these distributors and like, uh, you know, how you get access to it. I know even like internet, you know, if you want international cheeses, I'm sure there's all these customs things you got to deal with. So I guess that's where you, so you make use of, you know, it's interesting to hear all the different channels you kind of have to go through. It sounds a little complicated to have to manage all those different relationships, but I guess the yeah, it is. My ordering day is a yeah. little bit of a headache. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, and it's why our cheese has changed a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah the so. distributors are nice for that though, um, in that they obviously would take care of any of the customs and all. They, right. I mean, they they give you the price at which they've already paid customs and all these things. Right. Um, gotcha. Made sure that it could get shipped across the ocean while being cooled. <laughs> um, right. All these things. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, but even at that, what do we have officially three distributors and then like numerous individual creameries? Yeah. That's just for cheese. And that's just for cheese. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, the top, yeah. And then I go through like anything. five different farms and for right. our produce. Well, that's really I cool. only do one guy for meat, so that's easy. Mike Beard <laughs> all the way. Yeah. Nice. That's good. Yeah, he's yep. a good guy. He's yeah. good at what um, he does. So, yeah, so then... Um, so how often are you rotating? I mean, do you have a kind of a set like, you know, or is it just come by what you can, what you can get your hands on really at this point? Or do you rotate the cheeses kind of on a set frequency or have a plan to do? At this point, so the harder aged cheeses are a little bit more planable. Yeah. So um, I generally have a Manchego. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it is the eyeball is a fun cheese to talk about which is basically a manchego that's slightly smoked from the north of Spain. Mm -hmm. um, and those are crowd pleasers. Right. Um, I always have something like a Parmesan or something comparable. Same with, I always have like a Jarlsberg or Gruyere or something similar to that. Um, so I try and hit the genres for tomes. I can always get tomes. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to soft cheeses, any of the soft cheeses, whether they're bloomy rinds or mozzarella or things like that. Um, some weeks I can't get any, some weeks I can get a ton. Mm. And so it's 
they're very not reliable yeah. during this time period right now. But um, I actually just put in an order for like 20 pounds of mozzarella uh, <laughs> for two weeks from now. Um, yeah. So that should be coming in in a few weeks <laughs> because I have to plan in advance for something like that. So it's just what I can get my hands on when it comes to the soft cheeses. Awesome. It, wow. it is nice with the restaurant um, end of it in that if we do get a fresh cheese, we can incorporate that into our um, typically into our loaded veggie sandwich, which mm. changes every week. So it's nice, though, that when we do get the fresh cheeses that we can we can move through it to ensure that the product we're selling to folks is obviously fresh and mm -hmm. and good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's a good point about being able to, you know, you know, that probably make, could make ordering probably easier, right? Because it's like, you know, sometimes I'm sure it's a guessing game of how much people will actually buy it at the counter versus, uh, you know, or, or, or not. So I imagine being able to have a backup of like, all right, if it doesn't get ordered, you know, if people don't buy it individually, at least we have a, you can try to incorporate it into a sandwich or incorporate. Something. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, cheese was designed as a preservation technique. Mm -hmm. So right. you, I mean, yeah, we got time. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Just it's get, true. Just we have a very big cooler in the back, so and where people like cheese. Yeah, yeah. that's very we're true. Cheese. Yeah, we're moving a lot of cheese. It's really? nice. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's what that was the other question I was going to ask. You know, just obviously with with you know everything going on. I mean, have you seen a pretty good turnout of of people coming? You know, getting cheese and and, and ordering takeout mm -hmm. and all that. It's pretty common. A good few times a day. I mean, depending on the day and how busy we are, we'll get folks to come in and they'll just get four, five, six, seven ounces of an individual cheese, which is quite a bit, you know, yeah. that's a pretty good chunk of cheese. Um, and they'll get two or three varieties and like up to six ounces of each of those. And so, you know, we can, we can move some volume that way. And it's, um, and they're excited because it's cheese they normally can't get. Yeah. And, I mean, and, that is what we focus on is cheese that you can't get from the grocery store mm -hmm. or anywhere right, else. Right. Right. Yeah. And, um, so that's that's a really nice way to do it. I, I'd say the bulk of our cheese out the doors is is just on the build your own board cheese board or curated cheese boards, but cheese or plates. curated true, yeah, cheese plates in general, I suppose, where it's just one ounce of each of whichever varieties you choose, so that you can do a little taster with you and maybe one or two other people. Um, um, but yeah it is it's nice to it's nice to be able to sell it in bulk and i think that that definitely ties into the whole bodega thing which makes it even nicer that we can do that mm -hmm. right now oh, that's great so. if, if you guys had to pick uh, what's uh what's one of what's your favorite cheese right now like what are you Oof. so i because i eat a lot of cheese yeah. um i like cheeses i'm surprised by mm -hmm. ones that maybe kind of break what I'm expecting out of them. Mm -hmm. So we have a marinated buffalo feta. From Australia. From Australia. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Is, it's like eating a cloud. Like it's just so fluffy and mm -hmm. mild, but yeah. still buttery. It's great. T yeah, typically feta is, is you know, maybe just a little dry. I will um, say, I did not know how good Especially if you just, if you just ate <laughs> yeah. like, you know, a teaspoon of feta just straight up. Most of the time it would be sort of, you know, dry on your tongue. It'd take you a minute to get mm -hmm. it. Well, this stuff is not at all. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's marinated in oil. So that, that definitely helps, but it's just so creamy and, uh, mm -hmm. and it, yeah, that one definitely broke some boundaries for me. I, 
I think that my favorite right now is Harbison. Mm, we just sold out of that one, but yeah, that was yeah, a good one. We definitely sold out of it, and I that was participated a, in selling out of that. <laughs> that was a triple cream <laughs> that was aged by the sellers, which is a whole uh, line of process to get into. But it's a triple cream that is wrapped in spruce bark right. and then aged. Oh, so. Wow. And the bark really imparts like a really nice extra earthy, extra earthy. And I mean, it's legitimately woody. Once you know that it's there, you're like, oh, that is. Yeah. Um, but it it's just, oh, it's lovely. So, yeah, um, I guess, uh, you know, just to talk about, you know, you know, move, move off of the cheeses now and just talk about all the other awesome pro- products you, you guys source as well. So, I mean, um, you know, the like you said all your meats come from meat llc you said mm-hmm. um yes that's awesome because yeah, you have a great selection of charcuterie um but what about all the i mean i see you just i mean it just seems like the the list is, the list is pretty long of how many local places you buy a lot of these stuff from so what, what are some mm-hmm. you know what are some big places in town that you've been you've been or in in the area that you've been buying you know your, your have you been buying your bread or your uh, produce, produce? Or, yeah. yeah sure so we get all of our bread through farm to market. And periodically we'll get some baguettes through wheat fields. Wheat fields. That's mm-hmm. true. Yep. Because um, nice. they're just right around the corner. So, yeah. So yeah. convenient. So convenient when we run out of bread. <laughs> um, and then for produce, I mean, we, of course, use Juniper Hill and Sacred Sun um, yeah. in Perry. Yeah, some phenomenal greens. Masa Walkwali Farms yeah. and Goddard Farms. In LeCompton. Yeah. Uh, Sweet Love, we're able to get eggs from uh-huh. off and on. Um, oh, Pestock Farms, we get things from sometimes. So, um, yeah, just a whole yeah, bunch. Yeah, really, yeah, that's great. A whole bunch. Like, my goal has always been to be able to represent some of the smaller farms. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as. Well, it's great. It's so easy to go through wholesalers. Like well, Mike Beard makes my life so easy when it comes to this. <laughs> and I love that. But it's also, there's a lot of small people doing really great things on their tiny little farms. And maybe they don't have enough to supply for a wholesaler. And right. I want to support them right. because I think... Mm-hmm. Honestly, if anybody's going to save the world, it's going to be those small farmers. So originally when we were going to do our small plates, that's who I was going to source our meats from and things like that too. Mm -hmm. Um, But I need more consistency in what our meat cycle is. So I go through Mike Beard and he has great stuff. But Mm -hmm. I do use the small farms when it comes to my produce because I still do the loaded veggie and we change our soup every week. And that gives me the opportunity to to support some of the people that well, are making our community so great. Well, one of the things that really attracted us to, to moving to Lawrence five years ago now mm-hmm. um, and is is the food. I mean, we're, we really live in a land of plenty around here. You can grow almost anything unless it's surely unless it's citrus or you know like olives yeah. uh, you, you can grow everything and everything grows really big i mean it's and great meats and amazing well yeah meats. and because of that the grass is amazing and so animals mm-hmm. tend to thrive 
And, and there's so many really good small farms everywhere. And so, I mean, we, we have to use it. I mean, I mean to us, yeah. that's, that's just, uh, it's not a choice. We're just like, oh man, you'd miss out on so much and if you left these guys Russia. out of it. Right. Um, so yeah. exactly. Yeah. And there's, and their and their produce and everything just tastes so much better, um, right. than, you know, X bulk, whatever that you get from a big distributor. So and I, I imagine, you know, when we talk about, you know, COVID kind of disrupting, you know, supply chains and all that too, I imagine the small farms, like you said, they're the, they're probably been a big savior to kind of work with them because I mean, there's no, you know, they're right here. No, yeah. no, no crazy logistics mm-hmm. in terms of getting food from you know down the street or whatever. You know, it's I yeah. imagine it's right. Well, and also we didn't have to worry about yeah, we don't have to worry about them not having it. I mean, I was talking with Jess from Sacred Sun, and she, I mean, it was very tongue in cheek, and she said, she said, you know, pandemic, what pandemic? My my year has been almost exactly what it always is i'm just growing a bunch of food <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i was like perfect we'll eat, buy right? it <laughs> yeah it's really cool to see how much you guys have like pulled in a lot of the local local suppliers and yeah really really kind of you know showcasing them too because i think that's what's really nice is you do a good job of you know showcasing it too and not just not just using their stuff but also promoting what they're doing so yeah it's really cool thank sure you. yeah thank you um, let's talk about your drink menu a little bit. Obviously, you guys, you know, have experience there, especially you, David, um, you know, with beer production and stuff like that. So I'm sure the drink menu is probably inspired by, you know, your history in that area. So you've got quite a selection, both beer, wine, cocktails, and you have retail wine and um, you have cocktails that you can take to go as well, I believe. Um, yeah. So kind of speak to that a little bit. What was it like to develop that menu and how did you decide what to put on it? Um, it, I mean, it was, it was completely a collaboration for us. I mean, of course, most everything here has been, especially menu items, um, in mm-hmm. general. Um, I don't know the, the approach on those things is that, uh, we, we love all of those things. And so we've, we've just sourced, we, we met at a beer bar that had a hundred taps when I was the bar back and she was a server. Um, so we just learned loads about beer while we were there we're they, really good at eating and drinking that's very true um <laughs> professionals we, yeah. yeah professionals you know they, they were also really good at at having an open environment to learn w- about sure. what we were doing and what we were selling mm-hmm. there yep. um and we we kind of hope to bring a lot of that sense over here not only for the cheeses but also for the beverages so so it just uh i don't know it, th- those things for us kind of happened more naturally, I guess, than a lot of other things. It was just, we kind of sat down and, and, you know, with the, whomever was selling us and they'd be like, Oh, do you want this? And I would just kind of furrow my brow a tiny bit and Holly be like, no. Yeah. We just kind of already know. And then I'd say, Oh, I don't know. What do you think? Do we need two IPAs? And we're like, Oh, you know, it's just easy decisions for us. Cause these are the conversations that we've had every time we go out for the past eight years of our relationship. (laughs) All we do. Oh, not all we do, but we eat a lot. We eat a lot. We really do eat a lot. <laughs> and so it's just, it's the making decisions in terms of the food and beverage for the restaurant were not hard to make. Yeah. Because 
Because we because we, we already knew a large variety of it, and it was just and basically we're not good just at everything. Like, I mean, like no. we eat everything, but we're not good at everything. <laughs> right. So we're not going to do the things we're not good at. So of the, <laughs> of the items that that we're good at, we were able to bring that down to kind of just hit the category, so we could make everybody happy. Right. So try to, yeah, yeah, yeah. A light beer, an IPA, a sour. When it comes to wines, we really do actually uh, defer a lot to. Um, Mike Hathaway and Veritas, because we yeah. like what he's doing with the natural and sustainable kind of wine section. I think that goes with our ethos overall. Yep, for the bottle selection. Yep. For our bottle selection, cocktails, we're going with things that just kind of scream summer classics for us. We didn't want to be trying to reinvent the wheel. Same with right. like, we have the muff muffletta and the Reuben. Yeah, and that's not reinventing the wheel. We just want bacon to pimento burger. Try to do a really good version of it. Right. Things that are things you're always in the mood for, yeah. really. Yeah. And how much of a game changer yeah. was it? I mean, for you, because I mean, selling bottles of wine wasn't really a thing that most you know you couldn't really do, and selling cocktails to go and all mm -hmm. that stuff. That's not really something you know a restaurant would normally have been able to do. So I guess that's right. sort of the lining of COVID is, is probably some of that. Have you seen? Has that been a pretty good? It is. Source? It's yeah. been a good silver lining. Um, I think we're doing things a little differently because we kind of have the bodega vibe. We have our bottles of wine to go priced for retail, not for like restaurant setting. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So we're kind of walking that line between like takeaway and sit down. And so you can get a bottle of wine for like twelve dollars, but we do a ten dollar corkage fee. So it's still cheaper than you would get at pretty much any other restaurant for the same kind of bottle of wine if you're doing a sit-down situation. Right, right. Um, so there's not, I mean, if you're getting into the logistics of it, it's not like a huge profit margin for takeaway. Right. But I do think that there's something really attractive to being like a one-stop picnic shop. Right. Like yeah. we had a lady come in who was wanting to get a cheese plate for her friend. And she's like, but, you know, I'm going to grab some like a baguette and some olives and i'll go pick up a bottle of wine and i'm like oh we we have all that stuff here like this is our list of accoutrements and we can do a hot baguette for you i'll put it in the oven now it'll be ready in 10 minutes and she was like you can do it all and i was like we can do it all yeah <laughs> and it, so, was, it was just yeah i mean as soon like, as that we, makes my day so much easier and i'm like perfect <laughs> as soon as we found out that we could just sell bottles of wine now we were pretty pumped about it we feel like that's a natural thing for small shops to be able to do totally. and that it's just kind of a weird hangover yeah. from the, you know, from, well. And all of us East Lawrence people are, are missing the little wine market that was right there that right. just closed up too. Mm. So it makes, makes uh, I think everybody who lives in this area a lot easier for them to just pop in and grab a bottle of wine on yeah. their way home mm -hmm. right. for, like a dollar more than it would be if you got to the liquor store. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's, it is a natural thing to do though, to come and get something to eat and then get a bottle of wine. It, you know, totally. even in other States, you can t totally just grab a bag of chips and a bottle of wine. Bag or, of chips, a bottle of wine. Classic dinner. That's, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what I did in college, but, um, <laughs> but no, it's, I mean, it was, it was very exciting to be able to do it. I, I yeah. really hope that some of mm -hmm. these things aren't just a temporary stay. I hope that it's like, oh, let's hurry up and get over this this uh, prohibition hangover, yeah. which is really kind of what we're stuck in right. with yeah. a lot of the liquor laws that are involved, especially in Kansas, I feel like, is one of those that kind of hung on to a lot of those laws for a long time and probably longer than we needed to. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's my own personal political yep. take on it. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's crazy to look over the Missouri line and see it completely different. And you're like, why? Why are we stuck? What are we doing? <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> right. I know it's probably a more complicated issue than that, but <laughs> but it does seem yeah. yeah it seems it, it really seems like a nice offering for you guys to be able to do. You know, if you're going to do takeaway, you know, takeaway cheese and, and kind of be mm-hmm. a counter for that, it seems like a pretty obvious natural. I mean, yeah, wine and cheese. You <laughs> wine know? and cheese. Is yeah. Well, natural. it's been fantastic, and and like the the little the small little partnership for the deal we have with Liberty Hall where we can say, Hey, guess what? Take your date night home. You know, like let us, let us do the legwork for you. We'll, we'll we'll find the cheeses. We'll, we'll get you the bottle of wine and then you go pick your movie. Um, and that's just superb. And we wouldn't normally be able to do that. And that's, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Nice collaboration too, right up the street. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, we're, we're very much in the boat of, of a rising tide raises all boats. We know, just like love we, collaborations. We, we love collaborations. And, and so anything that we can do to boost everybody else downtown is, is something that we're interested in. That's awesome. Um, that's very so Lawrence of you. I feel like most places, you know, downtown, that's kind of their, you know, their philosophy too, which is one of the things mm-hmm. that makes Lawrence so special, I think. So you guys are mm-hmm. in the club, you know? Yeah, and we've definitely experienced that as well. We've had a lot of support from our neighbors are awesome. Yeah, on both sides, they've been really friendly and nice, and and uh, just they're probably gonna be the ones that get us through the pandemic. Honestly, they're they're eating here almost every day. All of our (laughs) all of the other neighbors who are at the barbershop and Wonder Fair and Acme and Third Planet. They send us people all the time. Oh, they're great. Mm -hmm. Everybody's great. Their their employees come in here all the time. And then David just runs over and gets his hair cut. Right. We run out of masking tape and run over to Wonder Fair. Right. (laughs) Acme does our vinyl and our windows. So it's like our own little neighborhood. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, that's kind of a question we had was, you know, what's it been like to join that, you know, downtown? I I always say it's kind of like a club down there. It seems like, you know, everyone kind of takes care of each other and and understands, you know, you're all in that together. Yeah. I'd say a little, so much lovely. much less like a club and much more like just a down-home friendly Kansas neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. You know, That's where true. people want, just generally want yeah. to be helpful and mm-hmm. want to be nice and considerate. And it's been really, it's been really nice. It's, it's a huge part of why we We've are had, yeah. where we are. Um, because Kansas has a lot of places like that. Um, I feel like most places like that, people just generally want to be nice yeah. and kind and helpful and uh and it's well the restaurant owners are lovely too they are greg at terrebonne has come in and told us if we ever need anything to pop over there and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we've had a lot of help from emily and tk Mm -hmm. just Uh yeah for Mm -hmm. advice and how do you get odell beer (laughs) because we are not last time we were doing ordering was in colorado and alcohol order in Colorado is a world of difference mm. than alcohol ordering in Kansas. Yeah. So yeah, they have it's a been big... a little bit of a, yeah, it's been, she have navigationing how to get what we want <laughs> in terms exactly. of the products we're looking for. Right. Way easier to get cheeses than it is certain beers. <laughs> True. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess just to yeah, highlight that again, I mean, yeah, it's really cool. Any other collaborations you kind of have in the works? I mean, the Liberty Hall one is a really great one. What is it, like $35 gets you mm-hmm. cheese, cheese charcuterie plate for two, a bottle of wine, and a movie? Movie rental, yeah. Yeah, it's a cheese plate for two. You can add oh, a charcuterie plate, plate okay. if you'd like. Um, and a bottle of wine and a movie rental. 
And we did that last Friday was our first one. And we'll do it again this Friday and probably for the next couple of Fridays and see. It was, um, I mean, we love it. And then we'll just touch base with, I mean, as you do with all collaborations, we'll touch base with how Liberty Hall feels and how we feel and make sure that everybody's still happy. But I think that would be a fun thing to continue as long as Mm -hmm. this unfortunate, um, pandemic occurs it's nice to have something you can kind of rely on that makes mm-hmm. you feel still connected to the community while mm-hmm. staying while staying safe totally yeah we're also starting something with mud and lotus um oh, that's cool and it's like a we're calling it soak and snack <laughs> and so while you're doing your soak and spa day at mud and lotus you can order i designed a small little menu specifically for them hmm. where you can call in and there's a choice between a cheese plate uh cheese and charcuterie plate or like a vegan snack tray wow. and we'll ask a few questions about what your preferences are on cheeses and then we'll design a board specifically for them hmm. and deliver it so awesome. also we do bottles of wine which is fun too so they can <laughs> yeah. add a bottle of wine if they would like mm-hmm. and do like a snack tray and a bottle of wine and a spa time and i can't wait for david and i to have a day off that they're open oh, and go partake in it because <laughs> gonna be i think fancy. that would be just the most lovely experience oh yeah that sounds great can't wait till my next birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds great. That's a good partnership. Yeah, they're only like a block from you, right? So. They are, exactly. yeah. They're just a block away. So. Yeah, so it makes it easy to just be like, yeah, order it, and mm-hmm. we'll just run it over to you. No problem. That's great. So, And one question we've been asking people, um, you know, rather than just like our usual question of what's your favorite restaurant, what's been your go-to takeout order during this whole COVID thing? That's not for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, so lately, it's I've just been, uh, you know, eating what we have in here. But when I do a takeout order, it's definitely got to be the uh, fried chicken po' boy over at Terrebonne. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Man. So good. <laughs> yeah, we're Terrebonne fans. Yeah. Um, I mean, they we literally just had it today. We did. <laughs> so uh, yep. the fried green tomato po' boy is oh, what's nice. up. Yeah, if and I had the smoked. They have it going on. Uh, smoked catfish po' boy. Mm. Mm. Their specials so today good. are bomb. So maybe yeah. a dinner option for y'all. Top notch. <laughs> yeah, we always love. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear what people's go-to places are. And it's yeah. always something. There's too many. There's sometimes a lot of options. So it's always hard. That's what we always struggle with. We're like, man, where do we want to order from today? There's too many. Right. <laughs> I would say ramen bowls if we need delivery. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, especially if, because we have two small kids. So if one of us is working and the other one's home with the kids, if it's raining or mm-hmm. I just can't get out with the children, um, the kids love it. Yeah. I love it. And they deliver and we're like, uh, you know, three blocks away from them. Right. <laughs> so I'm sure they don't mind oh, such a close delivery. I love when we do deliveries that are that close. Yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, I'd say ramen bowls if we're doing delivery. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, thanks again, Holly and David, for talking with us today. We had a great time learning more about pedestrian, one of our newest businesses on Mass Street. So that's great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad we could take some time. So, um, but yeah, so everyone knows, you know, where you guys are located right there at, um, you know, just near the corner of uh, 9th and Mass. So it's 845 Mass Street, right, is your address? That's right. It is. Um, so yeah, you guys are right there next to Wonder Fair and Acme and, um, and yeah, so really, uh, 
everyone should yeah check you out you can do uh right online ordering you can you mm-hmm. know take out delivery dine in you have a right. couple seats on the patio all um, the choices yep. you got it all no contact deliveries yeah mm-hmm. so yeah i definitely uh, and then yeah you're always posting stuff on social media so what is it pedestrian mm-hmm. cheese on instagram and facebook so yeah uh well thanks again for for taking the time yeah thanks very much thanks for having us Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Lawrence Forking, Kansas. We had a great time chatting with Holly and David Heitman from Pedestrian. If you're able to support local food scene during this time, we encourage you to do so. You can order delicious food, beer, coffee, cocktails, kombucha, cheese, wine. I mean, you name it, uh, these local businesses got it. So please uh, try try to order via takeout, delivery, or some places you can even do distance dining um, on their patios and, and somewhat inside. So um you know so definitely you know do that support your local produce you know, uh from local farmers csas you got sunflower provisions out there and there is the lawrence hospitality crisis fund as well um so definitely just uh, anything anything you can do uh definitely helps keep uh keep this business alive in lawrence something else that you can do to help out is to please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating that'll help more people find our podcast and then you know spread the word about what's going on in lawrence Um, You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at Lawrence Forking Kansas, Instagram at Lawrence Forking Kansas, and Twitter at Lawrence Forking. You know, feel free to find our pages, like us, follow us, uh, comment, leave us a a note. We always like hearing back from people. So, um, yeah, any, any kind of communication is always great to see. And if you're a restaurant or a food business owner here in town and you're interested in coming on the show, please just reach out on social media or you can send us an email at lawrenceforkingkansas at gmail.com and let us know. We are always looking for new people to talk to and would love to have you on the show. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.